Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. This is the point usually where Greg will do his. Hello, everybody. My name is Greg, and welcome back to the podcast, my first season. We're not going to do that today. That was my Greg impersonation, but pretty sure most of you know that that wasn't Greg, even though he does have a pretty high soprano voice. So my name is Gabby. Greg and I met in the fall of 2002 while working at Paradise Island. Greg had me on his podcast, seems like a really long time ago, but it was a blast and I was excited to come back. So today we're going to do things a little bit different. You're welcome, listeners. I'm sure you're tired of but not too the same di- old format. Not too different, I hope. Well, you know, it's still technically your podcast. So I'll still play by your rules mostly. Okay. But but it's a special day. So um, why don't we've already jumped in and ruined my intro, but that's that's you know par for the course for you. Let's Sorry. go ahead. That's all right. Let's get this wizard behind the podcast from Montreal. A warm welcome to Mr. Greg Hanna. Thanks, Gabby. You're a, you're, a, you're a goddess. Thank you. Um, oh, wow. I, I just I just want to say I'm a big fan, Gabby. Longtime listener, first time caller. Thanks for having me yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you're welcome. Um, and obviously, but yes. So, Greg, yes. I, I wrote a little yes. joke, and it's it's kind of funny. I'm going to use it. I'm hoping that you felt the warm welcome because I see that the current temperature in Montreal is I don't really know what it is. Minus twenty four. Really minus twenty four. Yes. For you guys, that's I think minus eleven point two Fahrenheit. I believe we never go to minus, so I don't know. Oh, okay, eleven point two. Forty is the same, so okay. it's um, <laughs> it's it's cold. Yeah, it is cold. I remember though. I remember that weather, like when you would kind of sniff and then your nostrils would stick together. It's not good. Yeah, I not would good. rather much um, rather be in Vegas with you in uh, this Coney Island striker. Yeah, I don't really understand why anybody isn't, but that's another story and another podcast. Yes. So um, in case your brain hasn't completely frozen over yet from living in hell's armpit, I think that the listeners want to know what is so special about today's show. Well, I would say over the course of doing this show, which this is kind of the one year anniversary and... A few uh, listeners have asked me, Greg, when are we going to get your story? And by a few listeners, I, I meant just just one person asked me. So was I, it yourself? Uh, no, no, I think it was Rick Ross. But uh, <laughs> but there's I thought, always a nice, polite person somewhere. But, but I thought, you know, I want to do something else with Gabby because you know she she's the greatest. She's a goddess. You all know that. Who those who know Gabby and those who don't. Obviously. So, you know, I want I want to have fun with you. So I thought it'd be great if uh, we turn the tables, you know, and uh, have you interview me. I plan on using that a lot just to emphasize what a goddess I am. She is. She is. Trust me, listeners. And <laughs> so, and, and yes, so this would come to one year, February 7th. So I've we've interviewed uh, 52 guests so far. 52. Well, that yeah. is amazing. I am amazed that 52 people agreed to speak to you. They did. Um, <laughs> It's mostly because they're talking about themselves, I suppose. Yes. Which... And the fact that they may or may not have photographic evidence of a, of a certain season they did. You know, you know what I mean? So, right. So, so they, they didn't have a choice. Yeah, a little, a little bit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to say that probably out of those 52 people, the only one who's willing to actually take the time to listen to your story is yours truly, because I'm still on this kindness kick that I mentioned last time. 
I am honored that I am going to be turning the tables for this episode. It's the one year anniversary of this podcast. That's the longest Greg has lasted at anything. So I think <laughs> we should applaud him. Thank yes. You. Thank you. Yes. And um, just thinking it is time, time to turn the tables because uh, you've been asking these hard hitting questions in your podcast. Like, Hey, what's your favorite crazy sign? And then, some super tough ones like what was your favorite thing to eat at lunch <laughs> you know like real barbara walters stuff and i think we should just turn the tables on you i think everyone wants to know what's going on underneath that beautiful mane of blonde hair that i'm sure you still have uh, i inside uh-huh. that head let's get inside the head of greg oh, and boy. find out all about his club med story there's, what nothing, do you think? there's nothing in there really, but I'll, I'll answer almost any question. I'll just use air horns to say I'm a goddess and talk over you. If you're being boring, is, does that work? Fair enough. Fair enough. Gabby. Perfect. This is a great deal. All right. Well, I had notes and you had given me an outline, but quite frankly, I found that boring. So I'm not using those. We're just going to start speaking. I know in this podcast, what we do is we discuss the first season that you worked at Club Med. As we said before, um, I met Greg in 2002. My first season was 2001. So 2002 was my third season. Um, I met Greg, I'm pretty sure it was his like 87th season. Hey now, about. well, uh, give or take. Slight give exaggeration. Or t- give or take. Yes, give or take. Give sure. or take. That's fair. Yes. Okay, so, so tell me, if it was not quite then, tell me about your start date and what your, how you got into this whole Club Med craziness. Yes, I will. I was working in Westmount, Quebec, which those who you're, you're used to live in Montreal. So West, Westmount, Quebec is like the Beverly Hills of Quebec, if you will. Okay. Uh, FYI, I went to the study on the boulevard. So, oh, you, so you I'm know a Westmount West, Yes, you know that very well. And yes. we, there was a hairdresser that would come in to get changed or they had to count her. It would be the name of the hair register was Maud's hair. And this guy would come in. His name was Jean-Luc Garcia. I say his name because I've never, ever, he's the one who single-handedly helped me get into club med and I've never, I've lost track of him. I don't know where he is. So I'm saying his name in case anyone knows who he is. And he used to work for club. Oh my med. gosh. Fine. Jean-Luc. What's, Jean, do you know Jean, his last name? Jean-Luc Garcia. Jean-Luc Garcia. Yeah. He would hmm. tell me stories every time he'd come in and I had no idea what he was saying, but he, he said, I used to work for club med. And I said, what's that? And he would recount the most bizarre stories. He says, Oh, we would, uh, you know, we would, <laughs> we would put goats in the, in the guest room and we'd cut holes in the state. It, it, it turned out later, I figured all his stories meant he was the animator. I just didn't understand it. Cause I'd never been to a resort. Didn't really know about club med. So he, well, and side note, let's yes. just, we, we should make sure that listeners know, but, this isn't necessarily the type of thing that you would have to be the animator to do at Club Med, right? Exactly. I just want people to know that. Yeah, yes. like that doesn't actually really make that much of a difference. Like he could have been the accountant or a chef and no. it's all the same. Okay, carry okay. on. Well, he told me how to apply. He said, your CV's got to be this way. The paper, your photo has to be a certain way. And I would mail him off to New York, but I, I mailed him off quite a few, like at least six months or more. I didn't hear anything. I told him he, he called someone in New York and then finally I got an interview uh, set up in Montreal. Somebody from Miami came down to interview me and some others. And I was just told, don't wear, I know you're a banker, Greg, but don't wear a suit. And you go, you have to look like you're ready to leave at a moment's notice, wear jeans and all that. And someone actually was wearing a suit when I went for my interview. So 
Um, but it was a type of the interview where remember that episode of Seinfeld where George Cassandra thought he had a job and the guy was like, well, of course. And I walked away not knowing if I had it. I was replaying everything he said in my mind, but I didn't know. He didn't say I didn't Aww. get it. So I left Greg, not knowing your anything. Your paranoia is yeah. your endearing, your endearing I'm, paranoia, yet um, inflated I'm, I'm, ego are, I'm, are I'm, such a great juxtaposition. I'm I'm Costanza, of course. So except uh, tall and with hair. Yes. So uh, that was it. I waited, and then I think I got a call maybe two weeks later. Said you're going to Turks and Caicos. I said, what's that? <laughs> and then they gave me sent me a package. They're saying, well, since we're flying you first class, you have to wear a suit. And no so, way. So yes, yeah, yeah. so I, I I angered a lot of geos when I got to the village when I told them that I flew first class because I thought this was perfectly normal. And I, you know, I for once I didn't want to wear a suit because not, now I'd be arriving at Turks and Caicos in a in a suit, and everyone thought thinks thinks I was a nerd. But yeah, they actually flew me first class on U.S. Air Flight Four Four Nine. Of course, they wow. bounced, they bounced me around every airport on the eastern seaboard before I got to Turks. So I left at like 6 a.m. and I only got to Turks at around showtime at 10, 10 p.m. <laughs> but wait, here's a question for me because I didn't fly first class and obviously coming from a life as a GO, I probably never will. So if you flew multiple legs first class, does that mean that you get like multiple meals and everything every time you you uh, took a leg that's amazing yes, i would want like an yes. 18 leg layover yes i still okay. remember to this day silver salt and pepper shakers like and they they know your name they're so kind to you and i, I thought i as much as i was enjoying it i thought i don't want to do this because i know for the next 10 years i'm not going to be flying first class this must be a mistake and sure enough I, I was right you know because it's hard knowing what you're missing out right and then having to go back to coach but you were having it you should have just enjoyed it in the moment and stolen the salt shakers perhaps <laughs> i did not know <laughs> I was more you know, worried this about, is your problem, Greg. You live more, in the moment and I take know. the momentum. I was probably more worried about trying to get through immigration and Turks than I was anything else. Because <laughs> mm. uh, is that another like, story? Well, it's common. You know, you, they don't exactly have your work permit, so you have to tell them, as Club Ed tells you, you have to tell them you're not working there and you're on vacation. So that's what I that's told true. them. Yes, and lying doesn't come naturally to all of us. I get it. So maybe that's difficult. Yes, okay. some some geos were sent home, but I was a great liar. So even though they tried to call me out on my sixteen bars of soap, they said, "Well, you were here for a week. Why do you have sixteen bars of soap, sir?" And, and you I, said, "Because I'm the kind of guy who wears a suit at no. the uh, ripe young age, because you were very young when you started 87 seasons ago." Yes. Um, well, so you no, know, it makes, yeah, it summer, makes sense. Summer of '94, Turks. Yeah. Summer of '94. Well, I, I was, right. I was, well you I was, know what? What? I'm thinking summer of '94 is not that bad because I was graduating secondary four, which is like tenth grade. Yeah. So see. I was like close to being not a minor yeah. so that's not super gross no 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 but i'm, I'm all right know, I, was, I was like the grinch i thought up a lie and i thought it up quick so i just said you know what these bars of soap are for some friends there i know soap is expensive on this island it turned out it was and i'm just gonna give them to them that's all i said wow that is a very elaborate elaborate story i'm pretty sure that i would have just death stared anyone if they tried to stop me but but i like <laughs> that approach and i'll use that from now on Okay. Minus the being nice to people part. So you got there. You got to Kurtz and Caicos after your 18 luxury flights where you could not enjoy yourself and you did not steal a single thing. What no. a shame. No. 
Little, did you know that you were going to Club Med and you were going to make like 300 I, bucks a month and you I, probably should have pilfered something? No, no, I, no, I didn't really know the salary and I didn't know I was going into one of the biggest singles resorts there was. I, I did not know Turks was a singles resort. So it was very shocking, culture shock, everything you could imagine. I need to interrupt you here yes. because I know that this is about your story, but I have questions. And I've not listened to all of your other guests. I apologize, other guests, but I'll just ask you because you're like the mecca of all information. This seems to be a common thing with Club Med when we were hired that most of us didn't know a vast amount of details that you would usually know before you get a job, let alone one that requires you to like truly vacate wherever you're living and, and go somewhere else like how much you're going to get paid, where you're going to be, what you're going to be doing, all, all of those things. Because I didn't know any of those things really either. Uh, is this like a common theme? Did you notice when you've been interviewing people for the podcast that people would just take this job somehow? Like, are the recruiters just that good that we're all like, yes. I would say the majority weren't told, but didn't ask either. But I think the, I think the really smart geos and in interviews did ask questions. I, I didn't, you know. Are you I, implying that I'm not a really smart geo? <laughs> no, no, you're you're one of the smartest, actually. But uh, okay, so then your your question doesn't hold any. No, no, water, but, but. the majority I think I think are so excited to get the interview they totally blank out, which is what I probably did. All I remember yeah. my, my my guy saying he was he wanted to make sure that if I partied the night before, I would at least pretend to be coherent at breakfast the next morning. That was the only thing I remember him saying, like, you got to if you're hurting, you can't show you're hurting type of thing, you know. Yeah, they have a really good, rec- uh, you know, props to you. And I'm not sure who does the recruiting these days, but you've got to think about this. And like, man, they made you want that job. And, and it's a great job, but it, it's very true. Like you kind of forgot to ask about anything logical. Yes. Um, it was just like, oh my God, yeah, I want to go to Narnia. Like they just didn't tell you what it was, but you were like, I'm blindly going. Like, yes, cult med in the best possible way. Exactly. Exactly that. You're probably going to have to edit that out because cults are, uh, oh, I don't know, people. Okay. <laughs> But right. if people sometimes think they're bad, I suppose, but I meant positive cults. Does that yes. exist? Yes. Yes, they do. So there you go. So we're all good. Disclaimer, positive. Everybody wants to be a part of it. Culty Club Med. So you are at Turks and Caicos. How did you not know what Turks and Caicos was coming from Canada, like from having an education in Westmount? I'd like to think that you were slightly more educated than that. I wasn't. I was only working in Westmount. I didn't. I didn't go to school Westmount. But where did you uh, live in Montreal? I was downtown. Yeah, right on Mackay. Oh, God, yeah. All I was, right. I was there actually for when, the, uh, for when the Canadians yes last won the Stanley Cup, as we spoke about uh, the other day in '93. Yes, I was living on Mackay, and you were in the arena, if I'm not mistaken, when they won, right? I was, and thank you for bringing up one of the best moments in my life, and then also the impending heartbreak that I've suffered since, but this year, (laughs) the Knights will beat the Habs, everybody, I am sorry, go Knights, go, putting it out here now, don't care if you hate me, Montreal. Okay, no, no. That team broke my heart for years, but but yes. We still claim you as our own, because you lived here for quite some time. Yes, yes. Well, I have a theory about what determines your, um, but it's not something I can discuss on a family-friendly podcast. We'll talk about it later. Thank you. You're welcome. 
All right. So you want to get back me. to my, my first day arriving because I still remember. Yeah, it vividly. I guess we could talk about you a little yeah. bit. Yeah, well, that would be good. So I arrive at showtime. I, it, you know, they could have said, "Greg, you you look exhausted. You know, we know you've been traveling all day. Once you go to bed, and we'll see you in the morning." They didn't. I, You're so I was, silly. I was Sorry. met by a woman who claimed she was my boss because I was doing scuba gestion there not really knowing what it was, but they thought because I was open water one certified and I worked at a bank for four and a half years, I would be perfect for this new position because club had started <laughs> charging for scuba diving in 94. She said, I was oh. going to say, Craig, I don't know what scuba gestion means. I know gestion because I was in gestion. Well, exactly. Which apparently means you're in charge of all I, the money, which is not a word. Yes. Nobody else, nobody else knows yes, that. Exactly. So you I, were like the banker for the scuba. Program. Exactly. There was actually a position for this. Okay. And I was desperate wow. to take anything. So I, I, I took the first thing they offered me. So my boss, Lisa says, uh, quick, go to, go to your room and come back in all white now move it. I'm like, okay, I come back. And then someone slaps a tiki torch in my hand. When I get to the pool, they go run around the pool. So just yes. long story short, I'm in a sports awards, though. I've never seen it. I run around the tiki <laughs> torch. Someone throws me a rope and says, run that way fast, follow the guy in front of you. And I look behind me and we're pulling some guy on water skis across the pool. And I know what is going on here. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, they just threw me in there. They didn't tell the chief of sports. So when we get to the, um, you know, the introductions at the end, of course, Ryan, mm-hmm. Le- Ryan Leach, you know, great chief of sports doesn't know who I am. He's calling out the names. And now we have, and I can see him talking. Who the hell is that guy? Someone says, what's your name? Greg. He says his name's Greg. It was good. He was doing that back and forth. So, but only after it irked me that they didn't send me to bed, but, but now I'm so glad I had that story to tell. So, you know, you might not like it at the time, but trust me, it's a hell of a good story to tell people like that's how you arrived. You know, it's very important to arrive in, in craziness rather than, you know what, go sleep, come back in the morning. You know, I'm so, I'm very grateful that Lisa made me do that. Once again, I'm going to go back to your reference of everybody else that you interviewed, but I'm not sure everybody's listening to my podcast, though they should because I'm highly entertaining. And I arrived at Club Med in the middle of the night and was escorted to like rooms that were already occupied and it was all very crazy. And then I came in and met my my boss who was just yelling at, I think it was her boyfriend, I found out later in Italian for about an hour. And it was utter madness but I am I loved it like I embraced it and was like this might be the place for me like I think I I think I can maybe not get fired from this job so the chaos seemed to be kind of like it's it's a bit of a thing you know when you come into Club Med like it would be difficult for any geo to enter Club Med and not be thrown into a bit of a chaotic situation because we were always going at that kind of pace so do you have a lot of geos that you've spoken to that came in and had any kind of like traditional, like, oh, well, here's your room, go get nine hours of sleep and we'll see you tomorrow. Cause uh, yeah, that the, seems like it's rare. It's rare. I have, and I'm extremely jealous at the same time, but yeah, but the majority, yes, arrived like me, like just were thrown into it no matter what time they arrived at midnight at 12. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know? I mean, if it makes you feel better, those that had their nine hours of sleep then probably had like 15 straight days on. So it, it's yeah. not like any of us. Really I saw, I saw, I worked in Playa 97. The nurse came, you know, went to the next season in Italy, no Toronto with us. I saw her, I kid you not, arrive at 1130 at night after traveling all day. And the choreographer said, we need you in rehearsal right now. I still remember the look on her face when they said that she had just got there and had to do a rehearsal at 1130 after traveling all day. She was none too pleased. I can tell you. Listen, as a past choreographer, I'll say that's inexcusable. However, if they had needed her for the show, go put on your feathers. No, no, no. 
the village, the village wasn't even open yet. It was one of those open and closed summer ones. So we weren't even oh. open yet. They just grabbed her the second she arrived. <laughs> well, yeah, those, those were the power choreographers. They're the ones that who's actually had Geo show up to their rehearsals. Perhaps I should have taken some notes from them. Yeah. If I could go back, maybe I should, <laughs> no, no, it wouldn't have happened. If you nope. could go back, you probably never would have put me in one of your shows, right? Well, I didn't really have much of a choice, as we've already discussed, yes. but um, <laughs> you really wanted to be in the shows. And I, I, I don't, I, I don't I know if we need to, you, no, you really did. I did you, not. You, Craig, <laughs> if you ask anyone, and I have a list of people that I've spoken to, there's not one person that believes you when you say things like, oh, and I had two left feet and I didn't want to show that I was a dancer. You wanted center stage in your red satin breakaway shirt with your matches and your boy band dreams and it's okay it's okay greg if you uh, admit it today i think you're gonna I feel can't, better i can't no i wanted to be in the comedy numbers i didn't because no, I, I, I like it dancing. was a comedy number you dancing as a backstreet boy is comedy that's i know I, I, well, thank you that's what i was going for but no i wanted <laughs> i like dancing i just didn't like the damn rehearsals i was too logical i said why are rehearsals at night they should be in the daytime when i when i'm coherent you know but nobody ever listened to me apparently now because, they're doing that really yes yeah um, they, they stand on my shoulders you guys okay <laughs> oh god well i've got to tell you where were you and your shoulders when i was choreographer because i couldn't get anyone until like 12 30 that's when i was told the, the geos would be available okay. i was like this is going to be a bit of a challenge if you'd like me to teach the french can-can to people at one in the morning yes um Yes. It's not like, I don't think the choreographers were like, please wait until midnight. That's when I want to torture people. So I'm, I'm glad that your shoulders did something for Club Med. <laughs> Future choreographers, I'm sure thank you because as one, even if it was just briefly, there was a lot of hair pulling out. I was thinking, I don't want you to be in this show either. You're terrible, but you are so terrible that I need to rehearse with you. I wish you were better, but you're not. And this is the time that I have. So suck it up, Buttercup. Yeah. Just so you know. You know, yeah. you want to hear my perspective from it. I, I, I do. But sure, sure. I still need you to admit that you really wanted to be no, in the show. No, I, I honestly didn't. There was one number in my whole career of Club Med that I begged to be part of. I rehearsed. I proved, had to prove the choreographer I would rehearse whenever. It was one number. You're going to laugh. Okay. <laughs> it was a 96 in Club Asile. When I first saw the Techno Can Can, I fell in love. I wanted to be those guys on the stage. It got so, I got so good at it. I would actually teach other geos when the choreographer was on vacation. That was the only number in my life I ever wanted to do because I love the techno can-can and I don't know why. <laughs> that deserves an air horn. The techno oh, can-can okay. was, um, was totally fun. It was. I, I have to ask, did I never teach you the original nine minute long French can can I though. didn't like that one, but I did like Yeah, because that one required skill and yes. stamina. Yes, it did. Got it. None, Got of, it. none of which I, I possessed. Yes, you're right. But the reason I agreed to uh, host this podcast with you, because the other day I was going, I've never, I've never hosted a podcast. And then I thought, I taught two Davidson brothers and countless other oafs how to do the French can-can. Like, really? That's akin to, I don't know. I'm like, I, I might as well be like the Bill Gates of, of something. So I can do this. It gave me a lot of confidence because, man, that French can-can was a killer. And I have taught that to more than my fair share of geos so well getting back uh, to my me and i still want to teach it to you 
well, getting back to my first season, the first show they threw me in, I was Rocky Horror. I've never seen Rocky Horror. I, I had to replace Big Ed, who I think was sick or got hurt. Some I just got volunteered. And when I went backstage, they handed me the you know tiniest thing you've ever seen. I said, what's that? They said, your uniform it was like a G-string. They said, just <laughs> go on stage. Colleen from uh, reception is going to grind on you, but just stand there and take it. Okay. Colleen is beautiful. Okay. And then, but then I didn't know that I had to go to the center stage while Frankenfurter played by Bam Bam, the animator, great Bam Bam, uh, kind of, kind of put his hands all over me. He lip synced the song and I was horrified and New Yorkers were zipping toilet paper rolls at my head. Cause if you, you know, I, if you've never seen Rocky, how Horror, have you not you ever seen Rocky Horror Picture ever Show? Saw, I, mean, I only saw it after I, I left that seat and I went, oh, now I get it. No, I had heard of it, but I've never seen it. I didn't understand the whole rice stuff. And the, why toilet paper rolls? Why would you arm New Yorkers who have great arms with toilet paper rolls? They're, man, they it's had great soft. Arms. It doesn't hurt you. Well, when you're at least suspecting it, it gets in your eye. You know, that powder that comes from the toilet paper. Uh, anyway, I said half of my family is from New York and we throw tire irons and wooden spoons. So be thankful for the toilet paper. Yes. Yeah. In that, in that respect, I do. But that, that was my first show, which I did, did not want to trust me. I did not want to do it. You know, other than the Colleen thing, it was, you know, (laughs) I would have preferred if they pick, pick someone else. So I get it. You didn't want to do shows where you were in like very minuscule type well, costumes. Men were rubbing up on you. Well, it was my first. It was, it was my first season. My first like two weeks in Club Med. You know, I, I had some. I had some culture shock there. I had, uh, you know, and the the first culture shock came when I was at the scuba shack. The boats had gone out for the dives, and a woman starts talking to me, and she's completely topless. And she's a geo that works there, and so I was completely flabbergasted. I didn't know what to do, where to look. Like, obviously, don't look down, Greg, don't look down. And she's talking to me like nothing is going wrong. This is totally normal. But for me, you know, being from Montreal, I've never seen that. I've never been to a nude beach. I I was totally like out of my element. I, you know, that was my first like entry into Club Med Culture Shock was that uh, (laughs) that topless show. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like I need to also um, maybe represent and speak up for the city of Montreal a little bit because clearly your Anglophone um, Montreal upbringing is a little <laughs> bit different. Yes. Just so you know, everybody else listening to this, Montreal is world famous for its exotic dancers oh, okay. and strip clubs. Okay, yes. So. I just want to make sure that you just don't listen to Greg's well, version of this. No, but a that lot was... of us grew up with great respect for yes. women's female form no, and but, what they can do. No, no, do. no. But that's the thing. In Montreal, you had to go to a, a strip bar to see a topless woman. I've never seen a topless woman in a public place before. That's what I'm saying. And and it was a GO, it wasn't a GM. And she was talking to me like, hey, who are you? Where do you work? Are you new here? You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Can, can you yeah, please, again uh, we're gonna I, just say this is just different circles in montreal hang out in verdun there's lots of topless I, I i worked in verdun for a bit but i've never seen you know a topless woman in the daytime okay walking on the street i'm sorry in the yeah. summer when okay. it's not freezing cold i'm talking early 90s now don't forget uh, maybe now they do that but not in the early 90s okay that's true i do forget how yeah. old you are so i need to rein that in okay cookamanga cookamanga <laughs> Okay, I think we should tell the listeners I have a podcast safe word. We agreed if Gabby asked something I didn't want to talk about, it was the safe word is kukamanga. Okay, so. Uh, 
Which, by the way, Gabby, I think your listeners would be fascinated to know that the, you know, Cucamonga is an area in California was originally inhabited by the Tongva Indians. Okay. Its name is derived from the Indian word Cucamonga, which means sandy place. How crazy is that? I yes, that's amazing. Sandy place. I, I've been to, I was in Rancho Cucamonga just a few uh, weeks ago. Were? and it, you know, it was a little bit sandy, but. Um, did you know it was explored by a, a Spanish uh, guy named Gaspar de Portola in 1769? Did you know that? I no, thought, but I'm promptly going to forget that information well, again. I, yeah, so I, thought remind get, me. I thought I'd get the crickets uh, soundboard right there. but okay. uh, Yeah, anyway. you didn't let me put my full soundboard That's up. Right. So all I can do is, <laughs> is air horn you randomly okay. every once in a while with, for okay. no reason whatsoever. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, yes, listeners, I had an assortment and he ixnade. I mean, he knew he would like the farts and the burps, but I had some funny ones. Oh, no, no, I, I, no, I, I like him. I don't know if the tech support got to you in, in time there to uh, to work out the kinks with Zoom and all that, you know, uh, the listeners. Yeah, don't tech hear support this. is a constant problem. It has been in my life okay. for how many years now. Um, but yes, I got it. So Greg was a sheltered Montreal boy. Yes. At very. a young age back in, um, let's see. I, I'm trying to remember 1989. Cookamonga. <laughs> no, no, no. I get it. I get it. So listen, I know your first season was not in 1789. Um, <laughs> no. 1789 is when Bestie Day happened, July 14th. So you, you may have been around then, but you were not a club med then. No. So your first club med, though, when you were there for July 14th for Bestie Day, yes. seeming as you were probably uh, it sounds like you're perhaps a little naive about maybe the rest of the world or things that happen I was. Rocky horror and boobs yeah. was this <laughs> traumatizing for you because maybe no, I I just, know, flower I just, bombs can be scary well I just know what was going on like I said I, we learned they teach us Canadian history in high school not you know world history so I didn't know people were just throwing things at me here make make, make make this bomb why we're, we're making it well we're throwing it at the castle on the beach or the prison or whatever uh, you got to help us carry the tanks what are the tanks for well we're throing bombs with the tanks uh, why because well, there's a lot of french in the village it was like this whole you know i didn't have time to ask really ask or, or when explained to be so and i didn't know i realized it was a big thing when we got to and we were arming the gms with these flower bombs so i, I you know i mean i <laughs> obviously after that season, I got to expect what Bastille Day was, but I'm just saying for right. your first season, there was just so much that was new to me and, uh, and it makes a great story now. Right. I mean, cause. Well, it does. It must've been a struggle being um, fairly cerebral and yet kind of uneducated and naive and going to club med because there were lots of things that we did that you would have been like, what, what in the world is this? And if you're the kind of person who questions logic, there's some there are questions yes i can see that i i also know there's a semblance of people that just went okay and would throw things and put on their speedos or whatnot so there that works as well but it's a good thing you never went to war because i think you would have too many questions and it might not have ended well for you so i'm glad that you chose club med i did that was my yes yeah, my choice yes Yes. And that the worst thing that you had to endure was a topless woman. Well, that was uh, uh, some culture shock. That's all that was, is I wasn't used to that. And I didn't know I don't know if do. culture shock is the word we're going to use here. But okay, that's okay. okay. We can pretend that's what's going on. Okay. Um, the shock. We can pretend. 
My son lives in Las Vegas. Um, this is a segue that has nothing to do with you, but as I've already mentioned, I'm going to talk about me mostly anyways. And okay. I asked him the other day and said, do you think that, you know, European people, because they see breasts all the time, they're less interested in sex. He's going to be 14 tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to love this story when he hears it. And he said, well, no, because the birth rate in France and Europe has stayed steady because he knows these things. He goes, so I guess, you know, seeing breasts all the time doesn't make things less attractive. And I felt good about that because we live in Las Vegas and well, you know, you're going to see things. So my son does not have the same, he will not have the same culture shock, but I'm glad to know that he might one day still want to make me a grandmother. Side note, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Right. Yes. Well, yeah. What's interesting after about five years of Club Med, the saddest thing in the world is when you become immune to seeing topless woman in club med it's like an everyday thing and that's i think i lost that you know that spark so i was like okay does that happen does that does that happen with really is it, it that no you, it did it did it did it did hmm. is it because of the the women that you're seeing are you're it's no longer in like a like fantasy type version because i mean no. we had this conversation with like the speedos and not that that's no. ever a good thing but when you see all shapes forms of people it's just different you know yeah, no, no, it was just the fact that, you know, every village women were topless. So you just get used to it. You just, you know, you roll with it, you get used to it. Just like, just like guys in Speedos, some shouldn't, most shouldn't be wearing them. They don't have the body for it. And, you know, like I, I would, women would come topless to water aerobics. Now I, I preferred they wear a bathing suit. Wow. They, they, well, they were, I mean, that's just, that's just painful. Like, uh, not the way I, not like the way I did it. tape or something. No, not the way what I did it. What kind of aerobics did you have that did not well, require any kind of breast heavage? Well, funnily enough, I I hated I hated water aerobics with a passion, and I used to I used to make a class so hard that no one would be there on the fifth day. Like, <laughs> I would actually ask water aerobics instructors, "What can you show me something that'll just burn these guys out?" And and they would, and uh, and so it would get to the point where after four days they wouldn't come anymore because I just hated water aerobics so much, but when they came topless, I don't know. I just thought maybe you should be wearing something, you know, I'm not a prude, but well, I they're in the water. So that's actually, I feel better now because I, I have done aerobics, both topless and not topless, both in water and not in water. And well, the way I do water aerobics is really just kind of like I'm bobbing around. It's not really aerobics. That's why it's my favorite activity at club med. And then you get some support from the water. So that's not so bad. I actually taught a few water aerobics classes when I was a choreographer and it was great because you stood outside the pool and you just were like, hands up, hands down. It was super easy. How could you hate water? Aerobics? Oh, no, I, I I got in there with them. I don't know. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't like the power walk either. You know, for a land sport guy, you know, I just didn't like the power walk. I didn't like water aerobics. You know, I just thought. Well, uh, power walking is awful because it's just walking really fast. Water yeah. aerobics, other people get to be in the pool and you can just stand outside of the pool and literally just drill command them. Oh. So you were just doing it all wrong by actually participating, by yeah. the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, it's crazy, crazy as it sounds. It actually works. Like when you do intense water aerobics, like I noticed, not, not that I was thin, but I noticed the fat would be stripped off of me. Like it actually works, uh, which was surprised to me because I thought, no matter what we did, the resistance against the water wasn't working, but I actually did notice a big difference in the way my body looked after six months of water aerobics, believe it or oh not. Oh my gosh. Did you hear that? I, I don't know. I'm sure there are other listeners out there who are in the 40 plus age group that may not look the same way we did at Club Med. 
uh, there's hope for us, ladies. We just need to do water aerobics because yes, you have to be push your, but you have to push yourself. You have to do the deep water stuff too. And that's what I would do. I would send them, I would put them in the deep end. <sighs> I, I give them a book, the book they had to hold over their head and they had to tread water back and forth one length to another. And then I'd have them drop the book and do bicycle kicks, bicycle kicks. I would totally burn them out. No, you've just ruined my, my, you've ruined everything that I knew about water aerobics okay. and everything that I loved about water aerobics <laughs> is completely gone. Now I'm imagining more of like a golden girl scenario where <laughs> I'm just kind of like, my hair doesn't get wet and I can pretend I'm doing an egg beater and then I'm going to look buff. It'll happen. So we're good. Okay. <laughs> What do you want to talk about? All right. Next, boss? So we've covered. So you did sports, right? The entire time you were in Club Med. Well, were... well, yeah. But when I did scuba gestion, you know, I re- I was looking around at what other people were doing because I didn't I didn't like it. I wanted to do land sports, but way but back then, way back then, they would never they would not give the land sport person to anyone. Like you, they wouldn't give it to you, no matter how many times they asked. They said no, no, because land sports means the next step for you is chief of sport. We don't give land sports to anyone, Greg. You're cute go away. So when I had stopped, actually stopped uh, Club Med for almost a year, when I went back in 96, I was immediately offered land sports. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? You told me, oh, no, times have changed. <laughs> you want land sports? You can have it, you know? So so that I, is interesting. That is an interesting tidbit for most of us, because I know a lot of land sports geos in my 2002 post Club Med career, 2001, and they were not next in line to be anything. So um, interesting that it was once this position of you're on this track towards something. Yeah. Well, they they let me they let me do it near the end of my season because everyone was starting to leave, right? So I was actually doing the scuba gestion job and land sports at the same time, not knowing how much I was doing because I was first season. I didn't realize the pace I was setting for myself. And one day, on my way back from the beach power walk, the chief of village looked like he was waiting for me on the, on the dock. And I thought, oh, what did I do? A million things. What did I do? Oh, he's going to give it to me. I get there and he goes here and he hands me a stack, a wad of bar booklets. This is Jean-Pierre Grand, great chief. Yeah. And I said, okay. what's, this, what's this for? He goes, because you're doing two jobs. And he walked away. But I thought this was totally normal. I thought everyone did this, you know not knowing. That. Yes. Not, not necessarily the case that, yeah, that's, that's a great story. It's nice to, it is nice to hear when you are being recognized for doing all of that, that work, but yeah, yeah it was a nice that's, gesture. That's, yeah. Look at that. I, I like a happy story. Well, do you um, want to hear my Jojo stories? Those, those, those one is, well, one this is, is your podcast. Okay. So I assume you have to tell me the stories that I want to hear. Okay. What's your question? Let's go. Tell me your JoJo story. Well, I was kind of interested in this. I think her name was Chris. She was from Arizona, this beautiful redheaded girl. And I didn't know what to do. I had no game. I thought, let's let's just go snorkeling. Okay. After we closed up the scuba shack. And uh, I saw the picnic boat coming back. And I had heard that JoJo likes to follow the picnic boat in the wake. So I said, here, follow me. Let's just go. So I plant myself in between the boat, the wake, and what. And I don't see JoJo. I said, he'll probably show up. And not only did he show up, as soon as he saw us, he completely went vertical, which I've never seen a dolphin do in the water. And he looked like he was smiling, but you don't know with a dolphin, right? Because he's he's massive when you see him up close. Uh, Chris, the uh, redheaded girl from Arizona, starts freaking out. She goes behind me. And in her panic, she's actually pushing me into Jojo trying to get away. So like by kind of like kind of like offering me up 
as bait. Like they say, you know, I don't have to run fast. I just have to run faster than you type of thing. So I can't stop her because she's got me by the shoulders. I have no control. And Jojo is just standing there waiting for me to get closer. I'm like, that's right, dumb human. Just a little bit, just a little bit closer. And his, <laughs> I'll never get this image out of my mind, you know, but. Well, I'm trying to imagine the dolphin standing. So it's yes, he went completely vertical, completely vertical. And she was throwing me into him slowly, but surely. And finally I ugh, swallowed a ton of water and I got out of there. But when, you know, when you, dolphins are cute, but when you actually see one face to face with those teeth, you know, they're kind of frightening, especially that smile, because I started started thinking that smile was a, was a front. He was really faking it and wanted me to get there closer so he could bite me. (laughs) Yeah. They're vicious. Dolphins are vicious, but um, they're like the bad boy of the ocean. Like you should just embrace them every once in a while. Well, well I did eventually, because I, whenever the boats would go out and I see them, you know, I swam with them for six months, highlight of my life. I loved it. You know, the only time I, I swam away from him was one day, you know, when he gets, when Jojo gets to know you and he's comfortable with your swimming habit you know he'll fall asleep or whatever but one day he was contorting his body in the weirdest of ways i didn't know what he was doing i never saw him do that behavior so i i don't i dive down and he was let's just say uh for sake of our, uh, he was aroused <clears throat> and then i swam like away oh i'm gonna have so many questions after fast, we as, are I, done fast as i could i swam away that was the only time i swam away from him because i didn't know if i was causing that or what he was thinking of but anyway that's uh that's my uh, well that's story. an idea for another podcast episode yeah. i'm gonna jot it down down dolphin arousal because yes. it might just be um i don't know like a sunny day you never know yeah exactly but, i don't i don't think it was me those i wasn't wearing particularly fetching shorts that day oh so greg don't must, sell yourself short uh, he, he must have been thinking of a of someone else not me but he's a male and a dolphin so you probably (laughs) didn't have to do too much (laughs) i was cute back then okay (laughs) yes for a male dolphin i'm sure so oh jojo i wonder what's i don't know what the lifespan of dolphins are but i'd like to have you heard about jojo he's still have you you interviewed jojo no no let's get jojo uh, on the podcast yeah well I don't know. We'd have to have a, some kind of translator for all those squeaks that they do. You know, I think someone figured it out, didn't they? They actually. I am worked. sure that okay. we can get a, a dolphin interpreter. I'm pretty sure there's an animator out there that specializes in this. Uh, okay. <laughs> right. Well, you know, there, you, there should be. I mean, that JoJo swam with so many famous people too. Like he's the subject of so many documentaries. You know, I mean, he's he, he's more. Yeah, he's, JoJo. He's, fam- I, he's I, famous. I, right? I had I had forgotten about JoJo, but I'm just thinking now. Like that might be the like best thing about club Med, if people are going to be like what's your best memory or what was the most amazing thing it's just pretty cool what yeah. else yeah. you you were in club Med though for a very long time about 10 years starting yeah 10 years so you have seen a lot of very great cool wonderful memorable amazing things tell me some of your better stories like some of the really just unique things that you experienced while you were in club Med. Well, if I'm going by just unique, I, I mean, I'll fast forward to my last season in Israel because I this windsurfing was so great there and you're windsurfing on the Red Sea. So right in front of the club, you have you have Saudi Arabia, you have Egypt over there. You could see you could see everything. The wind, I would wake up like especially early, like 530. I'd be the only one on the water. I'd grab the board and the sun is coming up over the mountains of Saudi Arabia and flying fish are going off the bow of my board as I'm going, you know, Mach 2 with my hair on fire. So I'll, that that memory is very vivid and it always stays with me because I'm all alone on the Red Sea. 
I'm seeing this splendor flying fish. I'd never seen flying fish before. I mean, they were playing and, you know, in the wake of my bow, I'm like, oh, doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, that's just amazing. I'm getting chills just thinking about it because, yeah, the, the, the amazing things that you've got to see, not even, you're not even inebriated and they're not on TV. Like, this no. is real life. We yes. actually experience these things. That's uh, is better than any drug, any alcohol by far, you know, that, that high that you get in, in, a, in a moment yes. like that. So maybe everybody should just go back to being a GO. <laughs> I think maybe that's most, the answer to life. Yeah. I think everyone thinks the same thing. I do it, especially in the winter. I, you know, I'm always, of course, in the winter, I'm always thinking, Oh God, be so as nice a reminder, everybody, Greg chose to remain in Montreal. In the yes, winter. I Yours did. truly lives in Las Vegas. I'm going to be taking a dip in my pool later uh, and thinking of you and I don't know the masochism that that is it's I but you know some people like the cold I suppose send pictures Uh, it's good for for your skin I've heard so send pictures or or didn't happen okay so (laughs) yeah so I'm not sending you pictures stop trying to get me to send you pictures of me (laughs) swimming especially because you know it's my own pool so you know it's swimsuit optional so stop it <laughs> okay how about um, how about a shot of the dogs then is that okay i can do that yes Thank i you. do love my dogs a lot they're, cute. they're cuties bones moose and delilah shout out yeah all right bones moose and, and delilah uh, that sounds like yeah. a, 90s, a 90s rap group like bones Thugs and harmony oh i'm actually rechanging their names so they were they were they were adopted they were strays they were rescues so they were already named but um delilah She's had a bit of a snaggle tooth, so it gives her this like sneer. So I actually call her Dilly usually, and I call her Dilly Idol. So she's Dilly Idol. Why not? And then, why not snaggle tooth like snaggle tooth from Star Wars? Because Dilly Idol was hot, and I had a mad crush on him. So we're True. going with that. True. And then I changed Bones and Moose yesterday to Millie and Vanilli because Ian and I were watching Millie Vanilli videos, which are great. Everybody go back and watch Blame It on the Rain. Girl, you and, know it's true. Oh, it's, <laughs> I was, it's just, it's amazing to me because the vocals were really not that great anyways. Like, so this entire scandal of, like, it's not like they were Celine, like quality vocals. But um, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Millie Vanilli got a really rough, raw deal in life. And uh, to honor them, I'm going to change my dog's names to Millie Vanilli. So I now have Millie Vanilli and Dilly Idol. Sweet. There you go. All right. So this is what I'm doing now. Do you want me to tell you? About- tell us what yes. made you leave? Because I know this podcast is about your first season, but you you have so many seasons and it's it's like a whole club med thing. You know, we can't leave. We heard a lot about the first season, and obviously well, you got used to. But I haven't mentioned Rhino. Years. I haven't mentioned Rhino Records yet. There, that was that summer, and I thought this was oh. cool. Rhino Records All right. came. Okay. We had uh, Ron Palillo who played Horseshack. I'm welcome back, Cotter. We had Lyle Wagner from Wonder Woman. We had Barry Williams, Greg Brady from the Brady Bunch, uh, Henry Gross who yes. sang Shannon, and the Village People. And I thought every club med did this in the summer. This is great, but little did I know that was the one and only time. So I was right. Came in during this whole Rhino Records celebration. Did the did hands up, uh, not hands up, YMCA with the actual Village People. So that was the one time doing well wow, that's, that's, cool. that's a moment yeah yeah no no uh, uh, but i'm saying and, and when i would sit at the uh when i would sit at the you know table with lunch or dinner with, with other geos guess what asked them what, what was your what was what's your favorite season you ever did and they always they would always say turks but i thought oh that's smart because you can't name another village the one you're in is always the best but it's only when i left that okay now i know what they're saying they really did mean 
that that season, you know, was was their their best season. And it was so for a first would season. Would you say that that was your that was your best? I mean, is it how how can you really name a best season? No, but, I would I would use the M word you don't like to describe that one. Um, there's a lot of N words I don't like. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, M. You said M. Oh, M, M, oh yeah. no, the unicorn one. Yeah. It, no, it was magical. I'm sorry. I know. I know. <laughs> right. I know. It was magical. I'm sorry. It was of all. It's the fine. 10 years. Just promise to never use that around a woman in a romantic situation. <laughs> I no no worries there. Because <laughs> this is probably what you've done, and it's not working. So you're welcome no. for that free advice. No, no. I, I'll I'll be honest. No, I, I probably don't get it out as much as I used to. So yeah, no, no, no worry about saying the wrong thing there, you know. Uh, yeah, erase magical from your memory after yeah. this podcast. Okay. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> Wonderful. So uh, no, it, it does sound, I'm, I'm not, okay, I'll say it. It does sound, ugh. The, the, the fish in the Red Sea sounds magical. I'll give you that one. And I would say doing YMCA with the actual village people is just awesome. So I'll use that word. Then there was a Jojo, maybe Jojo, Jojo magical. So yes, I suppose there, there is a, there is a place in my heart for magical when it comes to animals, but gosh, 10 years, was that your plan? Like, did you have a plan going in? Well, I always say if I never, if I never, to say if I lived in California, Hawaii, or Florida, I probably never would have stayed 10 years. It's because my hatred of winter was so great. You go home, you go, I could be on the beach right now with just one phone call, all expenses paid. So really, uh, it's yes. because of my hatred of snow and winter that I stayed 10 years. But yeah, I mean, I worked my way up to chief of sport. But, uh, you know, but then, you know, when 9-11 happened, they closed 12 resorts in the American yeah. sector. So, 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 you know, I just thought, I think everyone knows when it was time to go. And, you know, my sisters were having kids and I was an uncle. So I wanted to watch them grow up and such, you know. It's true. We all, we all kind of uh, adulted at some point and went, Oh, it's hard to leave this, but it yeah. is a bit of an alternate reality where you, you, at some point, a lot of us make the decision that as much as we love it, there's, there's things on the outside that we need to go. Some of us are a little bit more intelligent than others and don't move back to the cold, miserable place that we were trying to flee earlier, but that's okay. Guilty. That's all right. Yeah, that's all right. Um, because, well, you, at least you can get inexpensive hockey gear there, which is not something that I can get in the desert. So anybody who wants to sponsor a podcast about me speaking about hockey, start by sending me free hockey gear and then I'll entertain your idea. Yes. And if um, you know any hockey players, uh, current or ex in the NHL that she could interview, please reach out to Gabby, please. Because That would be phenomenal. Awesome, awesome host. Yeah. I have some really great questions and I know that they wear diapers. I, I can name at least five NHL current players that wear diapers because you know what? You're getting hit with a slap shot. Sometimes you have a little leak. It's okay. So um, we should bring the humanity to the NHL. These poor guys. Just, pro just promise me one of your questions will be, what was your favorite thing to eat at lunch? Can you do that for me? Oh, Greg, um, I'm going to tell you that they're going to say chicken parm. Or they're all just going to tell you chicken and, and what, what do they all eat? They all eat like brown rice and chicken. It's like, it's, it's very boring. Let's be honest. Okay. It's very boring. That's, but that's all right. Um, because it's entertaining to watch. It's just not entertaining to listen to their stories about what they eat. But what is entertaining are all of your stories and 
I wanted to go back quickly when you mentioned that the was was Greg Brady. Is that who you yes, mentioned? Yes, he, he showed up um, with a bodyguard. That was my question. I yes. was going to say that I I had heard that there was some form of like entourage that he, he like well, this was just, a thing. just one one guy. He didn't need any protection at all, mind you. Like we, you know, I was more freaking out over Lyle Wagner than anyone. But you know, are it, you sure it was a bodyguard and not like well, maybe a he, special friend? That's what I thought. I thought it was his friend. He was just saying bodyguard to feel maybe feel more important. That's yeah. That's was my, my or guess. maybe it was a special friend who guarded his body like in <laughs> in another way you know yeah. he's telling you like yeah so. well all right yeah no he was hitting on his fair share of women but um but you know yeah he that did, doesn't he mean did, anything we all know no, that true true but he did see he did introduce him as oh this is my bodyguard and i thought oh okay uh are we in danger you know like <laughs> for being first i'm gonna start <laughs> introducing ian as my bodyguard because <laughs> i suppose it's not like really lying no. And it sounds great. So I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> All right. So would, is that, was that like your big celebrity that you met? Oh, or, well, that, um, that first season. Yes. That, because I'd never okay. seen that many actors in one place. And that, yeah, it's probably my first, maybe or second time seeing an actor and yeah. And the uh, horse shack, they, they actually did a uh, welcome back Cotter trivia, which obviously he aced, you know, I mean, <laughs> I should hope so. Right. But yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah um, I, I think I was a little bit oblivious. Apparently, there were multiple celebrities that came through um, Paradise and Sandpiper during my Club Med tenure. And I at, really, I recognized Jim Brewer, mostly because, I mean, Jim Brewer, he, he looked like any other really inebriated guy midday. But then you were like, oh, he started talking and I'm like, oh, he's funny. And I was like, oh, I know this guy from Saturday Night Live. So comedian, I recognized him, but there were a bunch of athletes that I guess had come in and I never, I never knew and understood or soccer players or whatnot, but everybody else would be like, so it was like, I, I'm assuming um, a lot of Europeans, especially that Club Ed was at some point, don't know if it still is a, a big celebrity vacation spot. Yeah. 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 You hear that, you know, David Lee Roth would show up on his own, you know, when you, when he was in Van Halen, the queen, I know, I think GA, GA did a whole lip sync show with queen and they were judging the lip sync show, someone doing Bohemian raps, you know, I, I, you hear all these stories of people you just miss, you know, Woody Harrelson was in paradise after we left. Maybe you were still there when he showed up because they were filming a movie at the Atlantis casino. So. No, I was gone. I left before you oh, did. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I miss Jennifer Lopez. The one time I don't go to Columbus, I miss Jennifer Lopez. Like she, she was there before I was, she was there twice. So I'm like, Oh God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that's okay though. Cause Greg, remember celebrities are just like us. They are except except but, usually better looking and my, talented uh, and rich. One of my funny yeah. celebrity stories doesn't involve me though. It was it was a French Canadian girl that worked on the beach in Columbus, and you know you've are, you've heard of the movie Les Bronzés, which is a French movie oui. about Columbus. One of the actors, the main actors, uh, Thierry Lhermitte, I think who played Popeye, was at Columbus and. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I would have known he would look like. And it was really bad weather. It was winter. He wanted to take a catamaran out. And of course, no one would let him. And he kept pleading his case to this French Canadian Joe. I'm not going to name, but even though she probably liked this story because she told it to me. And he kept trying and trying. First, he would use his charm. And but when he found out he couldn't, 
budge her, she was refusing, he'd go, bon, je suis Terry Lemit, et moi, uh, je prends le bateau. Which he's saying, I'm Terry Lemit, and I'm taking the boat. And she goes, oh, yeah? Well, I'm Isabel Clark. No, you're not. Like, she still had no idea. You just told us who she is. Huh? No, I, no, I, no, I changed her name. Isabel Clark is not her name. But she, she still didn't know <laughs> who he was, okay, even though all the other Europeans, you know, knew Terry Lemit is right. God, you know. So that, uh, I think, I think that was yeah, Took him down a notch. Yet none of the other Europeans like bent over backwards to like make this happen. Nope, nope. nope. Yeah, that's you know that's you gotta love that about like the European charm. It's like we respect you very much, but we're still not gonna be nice to you. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun you meeting know, a celebrity. I it's like fun, it. It's fun meeting a celebrity when you have no idea who they are because it's like okay, you're huge in in Guatemala, okay, or France, but I don't know who you are, so there's none of that, you know. Honest. Yeah, it happens to me all the time, and then I just get annoyed because people keep wanting to talk to them, and I'm like, they're really not that interesting. What's oh, oh, got it. So yes, um, uh, well, I live in Vegas, so we definitely come across our fair share of celebrities. Though I've got to say, I also have a an 11 and a turning 14 on Monday year old, and their ideas of what is famous is very different i think from ours um it's all about how many followers you have and yes they're they're, they're, they're more famous uh, yeah they're more narrative um, youtube uh, youtube stars yeah the young kids i mean yeah. we went to a gym competition my daughter is a gymnast and she competed against the daughter of i guess a photographer who is like a famous tiktok photographer which to me means nothing like he takes pictures of people but all of these girls were like i need a picture with him and I was like, wow, this is, this is a <laughs> new world we're living in. Yes. One, um, one that so. we didn't have to contend with back then. Nobody would have cared about Greg Brady no. now. Like Greg <laughs> Brady, you're safe. You don't need your bodyguard. Can I, you can, can I, just call him your lover or just <laughs> come alone. It's okay. Can I give shouts out, shout outs to people from that first season? Yes, please. Because uh, I would like to say, because I arrived and, you know, everyone, the team was already solidified. I felt a bit like an outsider, but Sean Johnson, I just want to stress, was so kind to me, so generous. She actually taught me crazy signs because I had no idea what Is I was. Is this my Sean Johnson? That was my reception manager. She at, was, at she was reception. She was reception. Yeah, it's probably the same Sean Johnson. Of course it's my, she yeah. sings. She's yeah, yes. Sean and I are still in touch a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give yeah. big shout outs to Sean she, too. She's yeah, amazing. So kind, and I didn't know what crazy signs were. I still don't, but she taught me. I didn't know what I was doing. She, she would actually go beside me every night and show me how to do their crazy signs. So she showed me way above normal kindness. So I, you know, I never forgot that. Sorry, I had to give an air horn, but yes, okay. Sean, we love you, Sean. And she would appreciate the air horn. Um, I'll make sure she listens to this and okay. she'll well, say, Yeah, I, I, air I, I, did, horn. I didn't hear the air horn though. What? Okay, I've, try I've, again. It, no, if, if you've been doing it, I haven't heard it, but it's probably a Zoom. Uh, we need your 14-year-old tech support. God darn, you know, but no, I haven't oh, heard it. Oh, if any. it's not working. Well, that's sad. I'll, let I'll, me just, let I'll, me go back to my default. Ready? I'll, this yeah. is my default. Yeah! Okay, I like better? that one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, that was my shout out to Sean. I, I love Sean Johnson. So yes, shout out. Who else we got? I want to mention... Yanni Nielsen, because when I, he was in on the scuba team, when it came time to do the things like limbo and the paper dance, he, he took me aside. He says, look, 
you're probably going to be doing this for a long time, but don't, don't <laughs> knock it. Like a lot of G- most geos hate doing the paper dance and limbo, but you know what, if you What's the have paper dance, Fred? paper dance is basically, yeah, I don't know why there was paper involved, but you, um, so it was kind of like a musical chair. So um, a couple would dance on stage and you had to imitate them. The music would stop and you had to do whatever pose they were doing, but you had to put the paper on the ground and stand on it. And then you did. So if the girl jumped on the guy's back, you had to put the paper on the ground, you know, step on it and the girl would jump on your back and you had to do it quick. So the last person to imitate the dance move or whatever was eliminated. And he took me aside. And he said, just have fun with it. You'll find that you really will have fun. And it was true what he said, because I always took it with yeah. me. I got so competitive over these things that by my, my 10th year, people were, were practicing and rehearsing for the limbo to try and beat me like (laughs) who does this like taking limbo so seriously they would practice a week before we would do it just to try and get better at it you know so you know what greg i feel like that might be your next thing i feel like there's got to be like limbo competitions for seniors and that could be something (laughs) that you can look into limbo 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 i can tell you that you would be ian and practically every other male that i know um if you can like bend slightly. So there is some, limbo there's, contests. Yeah, yeah. So, and it was all true. So I never, I never forgot that. What, what he said. Yeah. Those are good words of advice. And I, I think we should just, just basically tell everybody that they should always limbo and paper dance, even though the paper part is ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, really just limbo and dance, <laughs> Yeah. but okay. I'll go with that. Limbo and dance. Yes. I like, all right. Who else? Well, Ryan, Ryan Leach, the chief of sport, Jean-Pierre Grant, chief of village. Like, um, I, I guess I was really lucky, you know, for a first season and to arrive in a, in a singles village, even though I didn't know what a singles village was, but I quickly found out. And, uh, you know, I just Johnny scuba. I mean, the whole scuba team was great. Uh, I had a dog there. I had a Scooby. Scooby was the dog of the, he was an island dog oh yeah he was cute as cute as heck so just had a good season all around yeah it sounds like and you just give us a quick recap of all the places you've worked at because i know that your list is way longer i mean i did almost six years but i have paradise and sandpiper I know your list is considerably yeah. longer. Well, so. I did. Uh, well, yeah, Turks, uh, St. Lucia. Then I went to Columbus like three times. I did Martinique, Playa Blanca, you know, Otranto in Italy. Then when I became a chief of sport, I went to Turkey. So I worked in Bodrum and Kushadazi. Then I worked a year in Australia, Lindemann Island, and then a year in Ria Bintan in Indonesia. Jeez, so how many clubs total? Have you you've obviously counted? Uh, no, I no, I didn't. No, I never counted them. But uh, you know, uh, Cancun also, you know. Uh, yeah, I said Israel. I don't think you mentioned yeah. Paradise before. So no, no, I was getting to that. That was the yeah the other one in the Bahamas, Paradise with you. Okay. Which was a very memorable season because I thought because yeah. of me. Yes, because I was leading. I was leading a little bit with that, which I don't really like. Let's just go back to where you tell me I'm a goddess. That's better. Well, you are a goddess, and you know I always okay. had a thing for the choreographer, and I think on your interview we were trying to figure out why I had a thing. For the choreography. Yeah, have you made any headway in progress no, in figuring that out? Okay, yet. well, Greg, we've already had this conversation. What did I tell you at the beginning of this podcast that you need to just admit to yourself? <laughs> I'm a dum dum. No, oh, just okay. come on. What do you need to just just say it out I, loud? I actually, I actually like the shows and I like dancing. You wanted to be in the shows. Okay. You want to be in the limelight. You are a performer at heart. You just don't have this well, skill. No, but that, and it's okay. That wouldn't explain my attraction to every choreographer. Sure it would, because they're like the person that could get you there. 
it sort of has nothing to do with thing being beautiful, sexy, and charming, and all that. Well, that too. That? Could, okay. but it's also your love of self is is in there as well, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, I am so appreciative for Club Med because you could take your amateur skills and somehow manage to actually get on stage every night, and people mostly would watch you, and you were like, "This is amazing," because I'm pretty sure in the real world nobody would watch me do this so club med was fantastic for things like that and it's okay i think we all want to like i don't think anybody really goes to club med who's a complete introvert you know obviously some of us more extroverted than others but i never really came across anybody that was like like no i really don't want to be in the shows it, it just wasn't a thing so it's okay greg let your inner like boy band shine okay. your limbo your limbo <laughs> your limbo self <laughs> That's it. I'm going to look it up for you. Limbo. There's got to be. There's lip syncing and air guitar championships. There's got to be limbo championships. There are. There are. See, you've looked it up. I'm proud of you. <laughs> Embrace it, Greg. Embrace it. We are all behind you. Um, Literally. Did you, did you want me to tell you one one funny story of mine from my Oh, yeah. Experience? Well, I wanted to. Oh, this okay. is where I wanted to ask you. Because yes. I, I should probably have looked at this piece of paper that you had given me with all these questions and bold that I was supposed to ask. <laughs> That's okay. No, and we covered we covered I, most of it anyway. I was going to say, did it. I get to any of them? Because I'm not. I, yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, you did. You did. Or I would prompt you. I would just say it. So, no, I think ah, we covered it. I just, I just well thought if, if you wanted to hear a funny. Well, it wasn't funny then, but it's funny now type of story, you know. Okay, but is it really funny? Yeah, you'll, I know you'll laugh. Okay. Okay, then yes, <laughs> you know I want to hear it. Uh, and I'll do it, I'll do it quick because so it was elegant night in Columbus. A guy had invited me because I did the power walk, Ugh, and he invited me to his dinner, a birthday dinner party in the nice elegant dining room of Columbus. If you've never been, the main restaurant is beautiful, right? So we get there, we're having fun. He's got other people's tea, uh, his table, I'm meeting people. And um, I only had half a glass of champagne, tops, okay? It was a hot day, but tops. So uh, I, I don't know how, don't know how we got onto the uh, subject, but the, the lady, uh, I wasn't chatting her up. We we're being friendly. I think she wanted to send me something. So I'm about to give my address, but I gesture wildly and I bring my elbow very hard down hard on the corner of the chair next to me. They had very uh, square edge and I immediately like tucked to be macho. I immediately tucked my elbow into my side. And I started giving my address while these waves of pain are coming over me. And I know when I get to the word Chateau Gay, the town where I was living, it take, it's a Chateau lot to Gay. spell. Yeah. It's very long. I knew I was only going to make it far as C-H-A-T. And the next thing I know, I wake up and I'm on the floor of the main no restaurant way. and everyone is looking down at me. What I did it and people are fighting over me. So the nurse of the village, the nurse on vacation are going, uh, <laughs> they're running around back and forth. The Indiana Jones show is about to start. I know I'm on the, the floor of the main restaurant. I know I have to move, but I feel something's going to go wrong if I move right now. So <laughs> someone, the yellow, the nurse on vacation says, did he hit his elbow or something? So unbeknownst to me, if you hit your elbow or your Achilles <laughs> tendon hard enough, your body goes into shock. It's called a vasovagal reaction. I didn't know yes, this. Yes, Craig. Did not, I didn't did know this, know. but I didn't know your elbow. I yeah. knew about the Achilles. Yeah. All right. And I never hit my elbow that hard. And because I was macho and, and. Um, no, you're really the, not macho, please. Yeah, but the, the chief of sport runs in. is like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, okay, I know I have to get up, but I know I'm going to throw up if you sit me up. They sit me up. 
So I, I don't even look. I grab the ice bucket on top of the table. I puke my guts out into the ice bucket. Then suddenly I get that some was air. Considerate. People that start nice to move you. away. And by the way, the chief of sport is dressed as Indiana Jones. I hadn't seen that part yet. This is like 96 in Columbus. So this isn't this is the norm though, kind of yeah. for most nights. So I only get night. Completely humiliated, embarrassed, most embarrassing moment of my life. And then I have they have to take me to the nurse uh, in the buggy, which I proceed to throw up the entire way. Columbus is a very long road. Those have been there. <laughs> so I throw up wow. the entire way. Everyone thought I was drunk because no one saw me hit my elbow. It was so fast. And because I was macho, I tucked it in or I wait. I didn't go ow, 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 which I should have done. So no one knew. So the next day I asked the guy, what, why didn't anyone stop me? Like, cause I hit my head and my head was bleeding too. I forgot to add that part. He yeah. said, Oh, that's a, mm, okay. He, he said, you felt you were falling so slowly. We thought you were doing a bit of animation. We thought you were trying to be funny. So they actually let me <sighs> fall and hit my head and which I needed stitches. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This is the problem with club men. Unfortunately, is that you would do so many things that were probably very ill-advised and yes. dangerous for fun and yeah. entertainment value that when you're actually like stroking on the floor yeah. or bleeding out, you had to really like tell people like not part of it. Yeah. 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 Well, I, 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 I would yeah. hurt myself. I would do anything for a laugh. I was desperate. I, I would hurt myself for a laugh, but, um, but I just felt so bad. I ruined this guy's birthday, you know, but he was more concerned. Like, are you okay? So anyway, you made his birthday. I didn't want to leave my room the next morning, but I did. I faced the music, but uh, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there's nothing you can do about that. Isn't it? It's a no, freaking it, weird. If thing it ever, yeah, if ever happens to you lie on your back immediately, because sitting down doesn't help you at all um, you will still get hurt falling it out has of happened to me greg okay. it oh. has happened to me oh, with really? my achilles yeah actually so and and i'm pretty sure that my husband told people that i had a vasectomy which is not what oh. actually happened okay. no. so those v medical words could confuse people i didn't know that with your elbow though and uh, i'm glad you recovered from that i'm yes. actually pretty sure that you made that guy's birthday really memorable because oh yeah. You know, yeah he probably you know, birthdays talks lose about it thrill yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you didn't throw up on him. No, um, no, no. Just in his ice bucket. So really, you are a very considerate. I, I wouldn't use the word macho because I know you. <laughs> well, so I would use the word like, you know, scared to show that you were hurt, maybe. Okay. But that's okay. For some reason, being a slow falling drunk with a concussion and a bleeding head is a better thing in Club Med, I suppose. But I, uh, that is a really good story. And Thank I you. didn't think that I would, I didn't think I would like your story. I was just being <laughs> polite, but I oh. guess I like things that involve blood and vomiting. Yes. And, I, yeah. I, I made sure I picked one where I got hurt. Okay. Why? Thank you. Well, and you're okay now because yes. obviously, no, well, yes. I'd still laugh if you weren't, but it's easier yeah. to laugh publicly when you're okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've never hit my elbow since, but I know what to do now if I do. Yeah, well, you know what? I think everybody should listen to this podcast because you could save a life. Exactly. I mean, not really, exactly. but like at least you could save somebody like the stigma or shame of being like, what happened? Did this half glass of champagne just completely do me in? Well, Which no, it does, yes. you know, and, but but yeah, yeah, your body is, uh, you know, uh -huh. as we get, we get older, we, we in Club Med tended to do a lot of things that required a lot of physical exertion. So I'm glad that we're all mostly in together in one piece and we can still move and do things. That's, that's 
that's a yay for me every day. This podcast could save a, a life. If, if last night a DJ could save my life, then this podcast could save a life. Like, who knows, right? Yeah, for sure. Should I give some kind of like life-saving advice? I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, there's so many things that I can give, yeah. but I just... Yeah, maybe I'll save that for my own podcast exactly. when everybody sends me hockey gear and Max Pacioretty's personal yes. phone number. Yes, Thank please, you guys, who's ever listening, if you're involved with the NHL, please hook Gabby up, please. She'll promote, yeah, she'll promote the, the heck out of them. I'm yes. okay with them. They're oh, okay. going to make it to the NHL, you know? Like, That's right. On, Minor I'll, league I'll players? My okay. roots. Yeah, yeah, come on. Especially Montreal, half of your team is like your minor league players. You've got no one left. So it's just the way it works, right? Yes, ma'am. Um, I think that we're probably hitting the end of yeah. the time for this one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Makes me sad because I feel like there's so much more we could talk about, but I am very excited and thrilled and thank you so much. I'm sure you wanted to get like some super awesome guest for your one year anniversary and well, you couldn't. They, they so. said, they, you said no. To get they said no. They said no. They said yeah. no. That's all right. That's all right. I'm willing to, I mean, Max Pacioretty is busy. I get it. <laughs> so I'm happy to have, to have filled in and gotten to know a little bit more about, you know, the man behind the the podcast and all the questions and got a little bit more of your story has been very interesting and I learned quite a bit so thank you Mr. Greg thank you for agreeing to do this I know you don't really do a lot of stuff like this and I do love the kindness streak you're on so I do appreciate it it's fake kindness but I actually really do enjoy (laughs) doing this and no and I had I had a great time and I've I've spoken to a lot of XGOs who have really enjoyed Um, the podcast that you're doing and they've listened and they've learned a bunch of things about people. And I I've got to go and listen to GA's episode now because sounds like she's got some great stories. She does. That happened. Yeah. So it's um, I'm excited about this and uh, hopefully lots of people get to hear this and, and can hear some other ones because GA has one of of the best GM to geo stories ever. Yeah, I'm very excited to listen to it. So this is uh, this has been fun. Thank you very much, Greg. And we're, I'm just going to remind you, you know how it's really cold right now? Yes. It's going to get kind of warm again. It's going to get cold again after. So you should <laughs> yeah. move, okay. FYI. Like you can do that. And Just what, so you know. What? Uh, how are you sending me that picture, the pool picture? Are you going to send it through Messenger? It's not to happening. My e- to my email, not happening. Okay. Greg, it's in, it's... I'm sending it virtually through your mind. You can, can, I, can use I your get, brain. I guess at least get one of Ian and his board shorts or something. Come on. You got to give me something. Ian does not wear anything either. It's a personal pool. I'm not uh, giving you those pictures. Got it. Yeah. I don't know if I want to see the Coney Island striker au naturel, but uh, you know, okay. I'll, I'll settle you for the do, dogs. I but do. you're not going to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> Damn it. Thank you again, Greg. And I really hope we get to do something else along these lines, but for yes. now, this is it. We should wrap this one up it was my first season takeover special thank you everybody for listening and have a great day bye